Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them. I don't feel secure. And honestly, I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive. So really, really recommend it. Love it. And I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening, Fiona, because I love their collection. So if you use the code LOVEBITES20, it's applicable on full price items only. This can be used online and in store. So there's two stores in Dubai, one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach. They also ship globally. If you're buying from outside of Dubai, then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture. Which is brilliant news. Thank you so much, El Couture. The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. Because they're clitoris. Clitoris. Clitoris Sounds like a dinosaur. (laughs) Clitosaurus Rex. Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Like when you first start seeing someone and you stay the night at their house and in the morning you go for a wee and then you feel like you probably have gas and you don't know whether you risk it and go for it and hope that it's silent or you hold it in and you have an internal one and then you're uncomfortable. People don't talk often enough about the awkward first dating ways when you're there and you're like trying to wee like a little butterfly and you're like and you don't want to let it go full fucking throttle just in case it sounds like Niagara Falls and then a year later you're just fucking pissing with the door open what's that about like why do we piss yet we're so afraid to actually let it run out of us like you know it should be. Oh my god, one hundred percent. Do you know what I've I uh, I found myself doing the other the other day, um, the other night when the photographer stayed at mine, um, I he was asleep, and I went to the loo, and I was so worried about sounding like a cart horse wee that I basically put <laughs> tissue in the bottom of the loo so that when it to buffer to, to buffer the wee. But the worst is the is the is the gas that you're trying to hold. First of all, everyone holds in their farts right at the beginning. But in the morning, I was like, do I risk it? Do I risk it? I'm just gonna, and sometimes it plays in my favor and I'm like, it's fine. But it's the fact that like, we're sitting there going, should I risk it? And it's so, it is Why don't just do what the what normal people do and just turn on the uh, turn on turn on the tap mm. and allude to the fact that you're perpetually washing your hands or brushing your teeth, putting the tap on or putting on a little bit of music in the background? I find really helps. 
Um, Fiona, do you know what? How have we never mentioned like the early stages of relationship semi ways where we basically pretend that we don't have bodily functions? I'm a, a year and a few months into my relationship and I still am not comfortable whenever I had a visit over recently. So um, my boyfriend and I were required to share the same bathroom, allowing our second bathroom for the visitor. And even when he went into the bathroom, I would turn music on because I also don't want to hear him pissing like a racehorse or God forbid shitting himself, which he does massively. So like, honestly, I never thought I would love a man that like decorates my bathroom with so many skid marks. It's ridiculous. But um, at the same time, I don't like to hear, have them hear me wee, but I also don't like to hear other people and their bodily functions. So yes, turn on the tap put on a little bit of music or a wee radio station in the background. Anything at all you want to talk to us about. Do you, are you weird about pissing in front of your partner? Um, if you are, drop us a DM on Instagram and our Instagram handle is lovebitespodcast underscore. DMs are easy. Um, Fiona, our DMs have been flooded I know. this last week, which we are fucking loving your little vulnerability session and I don't mean that patronizing or diminish last week it was actually incredibly touching and resonated so massively with our listeners but it has really opened a vulnerability Pandora's box would you say with people Mm. reaching out to us and just saying fuck girls I've really neatly I really needed to hear that um the people have been really enjoying it and you know what what you what you went through in that on our podcast last week touched people yeah I think so and I I think also it's we don't I I wrote it on Instagram after but just um for those of you that didn't see I think that the what resonated with people so much is that we don't say enough that it's okay to say that you want a boyfriend or girlfriend like it's 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 almost like we don't want to say it out loud because we're embarrassed because the reason why we want the partner so much is probably because we're struggling to get one and that is quote unquote embarrassing because a lot then for me it's i feel embarrassed saying it out loud even though i shouldn't because i don't want people to think oh what's wrong with her which obviously I know is crazy because it's there's nothing wrong with me, but I struggle. I struggle with finding a relationship, and I want one at the same time. Equally, I also really like my single life, so I'm a bit. I'm in a bit of a catch, but one, it's not and I said think enough. Fiona, yeah, and that really hit home with people and I've definitely been there it's like a a taboo kind of subject or an Mm. embarrassment we what we always want to do with this podcast is empower women's feelings no matter what way they feel so if they are loving life being single more more power to you if you're hating life single we'll also deal with that we really want to empower women and men of course to love their lives with and without a partner but we don't often Um, touch upon the point of actually really at times feeling lonely and the embarrassment that you have when actually admitting the fact that you want a partner because it maybe goes against those feelings of independence and loving your single life yet you can actually feel the two in complete unison you can love your single life 
Um, sometimes more than others let's be honest and um, you don't have to love your single life all the time you also can become lonely and want those small things that we talked about but it, it is I, I felt like that when I was single I felt embarrassed to admit that I wanted a boyfriend I think lots and it's of the weirdest do. fucking thing it's it's the weirdest thing that we've, we've been bred to be such fiercely independent women that actually admitting that you want a partner or a boyfriend mm. or a lover kind of lures um you know you 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 lower in the estimations of like the independence stakes and it's the weirdest thing yet what's funny is that we're socialized in the eyes of men to always want a relationship which i think is so in which is what i find so funny is that men in this is I'm going to say a really blanket statement here so forgive me I know how this is going to sound but I'm just going to be general I think that men not all men (laughs) think that women want relationships and I think a lot of men will think when a girl when a woman gets into and this is something that I've experienced recently um when a woman gets into something with a man I think that the man automatically thinks that that woman is seeking a relationship. And if she's not, and this is, I'm speaking really generally, then this is how society sees it. If she's not looking for a relationship, then she is a slut. That's a very general statement, but I actually completely, I've bore witness to that on several occasions. Um, But you're, you know what, Fiona, you're 100% right. Is that changing more so nowadays? I mean, have you, surely that I don't, you've noticed it? No. So I don't know, but I have noticed that. So I'll explain where I've come to with my realization of this. So I saw the photographer, we had a really nice date. And then I, so it's date four, and I don't think it's completely unjust for me to say, are you seeing anyone else? Because I'm not seeing anyone else. And I would feel I am the kind of person that like, if I've started seeing someone, I don't want them seeing anyone else. Even though I actually like that it's still relaxed. It doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean it has to go faster than it already is. I just, that's just what I need. So I asked him and he said, no, are you? And I said, no. And then he proceeded to say that he wasn't looking for anything serious because he wants to go traveling and he wants to do that as a solo trip, which I completely 100% understand because some, and he was like, I don't want to do long distance. And I was like, I get that. We had that conversation about long distance and, you know, and he was saying to me earlier in the night, how he, how hard he felt lockdown was for him and he wants to get out and all that sort of thing. Completely understand. And like, you've got to just let people get on with their lives, whatever. What I found really interesting about the conversation was that I asked him, are you seeing anyone? He said, no, I said, no as well then I asked him and then he immediately told me what he was looking for he did not ask me what are you looking for which I thought was really interesting because if he if he had asked me what are you looking for I would have said I'm not looking for anything serious because I'm leaving Dubai I'm leaving to move to Dubai so he just assumed that he you wanted assu- a relationship I think with him he, yeah he I think he assumed it because he said I'm not looking for anything serious because I'm going traveling and I really want to be honest with you. Um, We then had like a whole, we had like a whole other conversation. I'm not going to go into it, but it's all good. Like it actually works out really nicely for me because we're going to, we're just going to continue. But anyway, 
but I have spoken to a few other friends when they've been in those situations and a friend of mine had a situation where this guy completely love bombed her and then was like ended it and was like do you know what I just you know I just don't want to I don't want to get into anything serious and it's like and she was like did you ask me what I wanted though have you asked me extremely fair because i just think, assuming that the woman there is so desperate yeah. for a relationship that they'll just pick up any old shite Ooh. from the street they I and think, you know what that that is the common narrative isn't it that like men are like oh fucking women they turn 30 and all they want to do is like exactly. pin you down and get married and stuff yeah to the right man not do you you fucking screwed him like piss exactly. off exactly and what i said to the photographer not i really don't want to go into too much detail because it was kind of like a private chat but what i did say to him was I understand and I I'm actually on the same page as you but that doesn't mean that I want you to see other people and he goes no I'm the same I agree he was like me too so I'm like if you actually if you'd stopped for a second and asked me what I was looking for you probably it's fine because the chat like leveled itself out and it was it, it, the outcome was good but I feel like a lot of the time men don't ask us what we're looking for they I just assume that they we're... assume and I don't know whether that's because they're afraid that we are going to say oh I'm looking for a serious relationship when they're not and then they end up being the bad guy because I think if they say it first they're not the bad guy because they've let us know but if I turn around and said I want a serious relationship. I don't want to waste my time. And then him going, do you know what? I'm not looking for a serious relationship. He automatically, even though I would never have thought that, he automatically looks like the bad guy. Because okay. he's told, he hasn't been able to give me what I want. But mm-hmm. if he said it first, then I'm already in the know. And how are you feeling about that, Faye? Yeah, honestly, I feel really good about it. I honestly feel really good about it. And what um, I said to a friend was that, I was really nervous about asking him and usually I would never have asked. I would have sat there and probably agonized a little bit for another two weeks wondering if he was seeing anyone else. Probably would have checked his social media to see if he'd started following other girls, checked his hinge to see if he changed, all those things instead of just asking him. (laughs) Well, that's brilliant. So I just was like... That's like a real step in the right direction, isn't it? With just taking your own fucking life into your own hands and just asking the questions. And this is something I really hope that Fiona and I put across endlessly. I know that we probably harp on about it incessantly, but ask the fucking question. If you know, and oh, everybody's different, everybody's individual, everybody has their own little switch of their own little you know, cove of things that they know um, affects them and triggers them. If something is going to bother you and you know it's going to bother you down the line, just ask, just have the conversation. Isn't that better than sitting on something and ruminating and creating all these fucked up conversations in your head about what he's doing, what she's doing, how it's going to turn out? Just ask, just have a conversation. Like we've always said, you're a right guy, the guy that is meant for you, will sit and listen to you and talk to you and put your mind at risk. rest. The guy that gaslights you, makes you feel like a needy idiot or basically ignores you is not your fucking guy. So he's mm. saving you a long, you know, a lot longer in the end. So I'm really proud of you for doing that. Thank Faye. You. you wouldn't have done that a couple of months ago. Oh, absolutely you not. certainly wouldn't have done that in Dubai. What you would have done is we would have sat in the storeroom for, you know, weeks on end 
talking about this and I would have been giving you my opinion and you would have been coming back with a retort and we would have created a whole other scenario and then all you had to do was actually ask 100% and I also think there was a there's a there's a huge factor in the fact that I asked him face to face when we were together rather than over a text because I think that text messages can be deciphered in a different way because over text with reading it in our minds in the narrative that we want to see it in so yet I yet face to face I heard his tone and there was nowhere to run he had to answer the question he couldn't leave me on red which instills anxiety in a lot of people when they ask questions and maybe it's because they're thinking of an answer and they're left on red and you're panicking because you like you know I mean loads of times that's happened to me I've said something like you know that I've wanted a specific answer about and I've been stressing because the other person hasn't replied it doesn't work like that face to face they have to talk back to you and we had a conversation all the way we had a conversation that was so great because sometimes a girl just needs to hear one way or the other so that they're just they know and don't get don't get me wrong like there was a part of me as with all girls would because this is just maybe how we're wired is that when he said I don't want anything serious there was a part of me that was like what Mm -hmm. but I think if he actually had said I want something serious I think I would have freaked the fuck out because I'd be like oh my god no I'm moving back to Dubai that's not what I want but you know what, Fiona, you're a woman and things like that are going to sting. And again, we try to like play the big girl and they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But we all know that there's there's a part of us that that stings and that. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine that's now. That's like a bit, a bit of a prickly statement. Yeah, of course. But obviously you're learning a lot through, you know, your dating and maybe what we're talking about and learning from this podcast ourselves to how to kind of how to deal with things in a more pragmatic, mm. mature manner. It's funny because... Obviously, I speak very highly of my boyfriend, not his big fucking dirty skid marks, but that's another conversation. Oh my God, he's going to walk past and hear me. Oh God. He's going to be like, I walked past the living room. Talking about my big skid marks. Is that door closed? Uh, He's probably sitting out there listening with a glass to the door. Anyways, very fond of him. Not his big dirty hole though and we were together for three months before I kind of called it a relationship or like boyfriend girlfriend um women are a lot more um as we get older attribute a lot more meaning to the term boyfriend girlfriend we don't just rush into things it has to be for the right reasons and we were very much at a time where I was on the precipice of returning back to Dubai and I wanted to stay in Ireland and make the right decisions for me and my life as opposed to me just having a boyfriend. So I purposely put off for months and months on end and he was like, are we in a relationship? And I was like, yeah, we are, but let's let's not call it that just yet. I need to get my ducks in a row and make sure that I'm staying back in this country for the right reasons and not because I have a boyfriend and actually it served us so well in the long term that we actually took our times 
we, we actually took our time to do it in, in the right way, if that makes sense. I, I so quite agree. often it's not the woman that is rushing into it. The woman actually takes a lot more time to ensure her ducks are in a row and that, you know, we're doing things for the right reasons. And I think you're right, Fiona, there's such a big miss, um, misunderstanding that women are so fucking desperado for relationships that will take anyone at any time. And it's simply not the case. Have I been there in the past that I have been a desperado? Hell fucking yes. But as you get older, those instances thankfully dissipate and don't happen as often. Mm. And I think also there's a lot to be said for uh, not labelling things. Absolutely, 100%. And I mean that in the sense of not labelling it as a relationship, but also not labelling it as casual sex. So, which is basically what the situation is at the moment. I It's not casual sex because neither of us are sleeping with anyone else. And that's not to say that if you are having casual sex, you're sleeping with lots of people. But I don't think that it has the same ring as casual sex because we're not hooking up and that's all we're doing. We are having a relationship that is not labelled. I would say. And that so you're seeing is, each other. Yeah, we're seeing each other. And I think that's great. And I actually think there is, I think there is a lot to be said for doing that for a long period of time. Because something that my friend said to me today, she said, actually, and it's something I do when I have got into relationships, I've been very fast. And then I've got into a relationship with someone and then found out what they're really like but I've already invested feelings, so I continue with it. Whereas when you start seeing someone for a long period of time, and actually what we've both wanting to do is sort our lives out individually, and you're working out whether you actually like or dislike that person without putting a label on it. And do you know what? It. When you jump into the relationship, you're almost shackled by yeah. the you're shackled by the label and you're essentially held captive by it it's a lot easier to stop seeing somebody that you're just seeing as opposed to like dumping a boyfriend they're two very different categories and I think it's um as we get older and um, at times we are a lot more inclined to rush into things because like the fucking panic button is there the panic alarm is going off we'll meet a guy who we're not 100% sure with, but we just want to slap the boyfriend label on it just so we can say that we've got, we've a, got boyfriend a boyfriend and we're heading in the right direction. But quite yeah. often, um, as you, as women get older, so too do men. And men become so entrenched in their bad habits and in their inappropriate behaviour and their shitty behaviour. And actually, they're the men that you really need to take your time on and decide whether they're the right guy. They're the exact men you shouldn't be fucking rushing into relationships exactly. with. I think you're so right about being shackled and I think that also when you uh, put a, what was I going to say? When you base, when you put a label on something, one, it totally changes the dynamic of it. And I think that it's, it's so, yeah, it's, it's really hard to get out of it. And I think that when you put, when you put a label on something, it just, it, it makes it so traditional and the milestones then you, that you have to take. Because once you've put, a boyfriend label on it everyone's expecting you oh when can I meet him when can I meet when are you going to introduce him to your family when are you going to get engaged when are you going to have a baby 
And it mm-hmm. rushes quite a lot of like milestones that actually, do you know what? It's okay to be untraditional for a, a while. If it suits mm-hmm. you, that's okay, basically. And do you know what? To, to talk about unorthodox and untraditional, I never thought I would be in a position at this age without any kids, unmarried. And I would suspect that my um, timeline of life is going to be totally untraditional, not what I ever expected. Um, I would definitely consider having children outside of marriage, whereas before, it's not because I'm conservative or anything, but I come from quite a conservative family. And I also, dictated by tradition, thought that I would get engaged, get married, have kids in the traditional way. And you know what? Life, thank God, now gives us permission to just do it whatever the fuck way we want. And I really doubt that I will go through that traditional um, timeline of those things. And that's kind of scary, but it's also kind of liberating that we don't have to do it those same traditional ways anymore. You can find the love of your life at 50 years old and just start your life then or you know you can do it completely or separate elbow you can get married have your kids and actually meet the love of your life after that marriage ends there's always opportunity to meet new people and make new starts that's what mm. I've realized and I never thought that I would say this I never thought yeah, I would be I, in this I position either, but... I didn't think that either because I'm such a I'm so socialized to think heteronormatively mm-hmm. that oh, what I, a word I know heteronormatively so, what does that mean? Like, I've been taught to think and socialized to think like a heterosexual person. Like, you meet a per, you meet a guy, you get married, you have kids, and that's what you do, and that's the end of that. And it started from like such an early age where it's like, you went to school, you then got into the university, a recognized university. Come out of university, get a job. You then find a man, get married, you have a child. And that's literally the stepping stone of how I personally have been socialised as a very privileged person. I'm not going to deny it. And I'm coming into my 30s and I've realised that that's probably not going to happen. I've had all the normal socialising up until this point, which is the relationship part has not been conventional for me. So mm-hmm. let's see how this pans out. I, as long as you're okay with that conversation with him yeah, and you're I, not doing your yes, you're fine, but actually you're kind of caught up about it. I'm not at all because no one is being left behind. Got you. So okay. I think that that's probably helped it. What I do want to move on to is something... Um, I just want to talk about this concept in Dubai. So I was um, found, heard about this event that I want to talk about, which basically happens in Dubai. So we get a lot of, sorry, it's completely changing the subject now. Um, so we get a lot of people from Dubai saying how shit uh, dating is in Dubai. We know that, we've been there, the dating apps are shit in Dubai, we all know it. So there is an event um, called Mingle DXB. I posted about it on our social media and it's basically these guys who are rugby guys. So interesting, very interesting, good thighs, that have created this event for single people, which obviously has been created quite recently. 
It's a hundred tickets, so it's fifth. It's completely equal split. Fifty guys, fifty girls, and that's usually in a space. I think it's blah blah in Dubai and some other place. I don't know. And um, you basically buy a ticket, and it's an event where everyone is single. It's a. I will link the. Sh- I will link the Instagram page into our show notes, so you can the follow. Because the fifty fifty uh, split is tremendously important. Very because important. my friends went to a single night last year or before covid rather and there was like a hundred women and three men around the place who were absolutely brutal anyway so the women just all all ended up getting pissed together and don't get me wrong having a great night but totally negated the the single night hookup element so the 50 50 split is tremendously important so that's good that's being managed yeah and i think that the way they formatted it is really good so the the account the instagram account is a private instagram account so whoever the guy is that's organized organizes it he vets everyone that gets is allowed to come in which i think is really really important especially from in a place like dubai um especially in dubai vetting is tremendous yeah very important and then you dm um for your ticket when they drop the dates i think anyway and then also what they've got so they don't have icebreakers like i don't know like go and talk to someone with blonde hair (laughs) they don't have that but they do have these things um, these people called wing men and wing women who are also single because that was also my question so they okay. go around basically introducing groups which i think is a really really nice like idea. a facilitator yeah like a facilitator and i thought it was really i was really glad when he said that the wing women and wing wing men were single because i was like what if the wingman is really hot and he's coming over because it's like you know when like you're in a bar and the hot a hot guy comes over to you and they want to introduce you to your to the ugly friend and i was like is it gonna be like this because <laughs> do you know what that is such a good idea actually just to get in and like get things loosened up because those things i can imagine are tremendously mm. awkward i would fucking love that job i would be the chief you would be an excellent wing woman. i would fucking love it so what are you into okay let me go and work my magic and i would i you would fucking be love picking people up. honestly if i was back in dubai i would be applying well, for like i think you should chief come out matchmaker um so what's nice also is they've got like drink seals and things like that basically what it sounds like and from the pictures it actually looks really fun it looks like a really fun night out but everyone is fucking single. And, and what I also, Where is this event taking place? Uh, our they, lovely listeners apply every, to go yeah. and report back? Well, I think they do one every month. When I get to Dubai, I will go and I'll obviously do a lot. I'm going to, I'll live, I'll live stream it. Are but, you going to um, hook that in the show notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hook it in the show notes. Um, I also think what I really liked about it as well, I asked him about the age range and the age range is 30 to 45, which is so mm. great because I... The majority of the women that message us, I do think that our target audience is pretty much 30 plus. Um, oh, no, actually, maybe there are a few like younger uh, young girls and guys from, that do yeah. listen to us. But the majority is like people our age. And I was really impressed that their age range is 30 to 45, because I think that is the age group that struggles the most, especially in yeah. Dubai, because there are so many young, hot things, especially for women um we find it really difficult because of course the older guys who are like in their 30s 40s they're looking at the young hot things on tinder and whatnot and we're kind of bypassed because we're you know but old our tits aren't as up as they used to be well they used to be my tits were never there in the first place so don't worry amazing. about it tell me this what's the name 
Let's mingle. Ming- no, mingle DXB. Okay, don't look at Let's Mingle. That's where I just logged on to, and there's a hell of a lot of ass and tits there on that page. So Mingle DXB is the mm. Instagram. Like Fee said, it's single, so you're going to have to go and re- request a follow. And lovely listener, if you decide to jump on board with this, will you let us know how it goes? Because that sounds awesome. And um, that's fab. And what about this other crazy shit happening oh on my God. Twitter? What the fuck? So I'll explain. So today on Twitter, what's today? What would it be? Monday. Today would be the 9th of August, Monday so the 9th of August. So there's this influencer called Stephen Bear, who's basically, I don't even know who he is. Apparently he's supposed to be in prison for other sexual inappropriate stuff on Twitter. He's Bas- a Z-list reality yeah, TV chewbunker. Anyway, yeah. he's put this a video up on Twitter of him and his girlfriend in the shower, and she's giving him a blowjob, and he's basically like forcing her head down it's mm-hmm. very like porn uh porn style she's like choking and she's like obviously distressed and all this stuff and she's retweeted it as well and i think they're directing stuff to their only fans account and what i found so shocking was that people think that this is okay yeah for mm-hmm. me it wasn't the fact they posted it like yeah it's gross take it off like no one like we just it doesn't really belong it on doesn't twitter, belong does on it? twitter twitter mm-hmm. is from like cnn updates but what i found the most shocking was that people still think that that kind of sexual behavior is okay and it's not and it's actually really triggering for a lot of people that have gone through like sexual abuse um, it's really triggering for people that, you know, have been in those situations unconsent- uh, unconsensually. And I can't believe that we're in 2021 and the porn industry is has not been held responsible for this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Really? You know, Fiona, you posted the video and naturally I went the I didn't post it. the video, just say. So. <laughs> I posted no, it. Oh my God, I didn't the, the kind of the, the link yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So firstly... This is completely consensual between these two yeah. because she's reposting it. And to say she's distressed, not in the sense that she's fully there and she's doing it and she's kind of enjoying it in that distressed way and that kind of real porn way that is so prevalent in pornography where a man is um, receiving a blowjob, pushing her head down. She's gagging, spitting, vomiting and then women sort of think that you have to perform in that way to show that you're enjoying that and you simply do not have to choke on a dick to show that you're enjoying the act and also men can just sit back and enjoy it in a respectful manner without thrusting the girl's head and lodging it on their scrotum that's also completely fucking inappropriate and it also strikes me this girl is 22 years old I think he's (gasps) 31 she, he she to me bless her and she's cognizant of what she's doing don't get me wrong and at 22 years old you are technically an adult however when I look back on myself at 22 I really didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing even at 22 um she seems to be very wrapped up in the whole celebrity thing she's like I feel like Kim Kardashian like I feel like a celebrity we're getting so much attention so this girl clearly knows what sells and porn sales it's a multi-billion dollar industry but again we're normalizing that really aggressive sexual act 
when it doesn't have to be. And here's the thing, Fiona and I are absolutely not kink shaming. I went out with a guy for quite some time and that was the type of sex that we engaged in. I was fully consenting and at the time I really fucking enjoyed it. In hindsight, it was weird and we. It, it, when I look back, I'm not quite sure what I was doing there, but I know that I did enjoy it. So there's no kink shaming here. But the fact that that was put on Twitter by a 22-year-old and a UK reality TV star, blah, 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 I use star loosely, um, a reality TV show um, dude, I think you're right, Fiona, it's really damaging. I think it's really toxic and it's really dangerous. I think young girls and guys who inevitably are the people that follow those two people um, are going to be so unduly influenced by that. Women will think they have to take a blowjob like that and men will feel like they have to give it in such an aggressive manner to feel like they're doing it right. And what a fucking lie and a farce that is. Well, this is the thing. It's, it's normalising it. It's like normalising squirting. And let me tell you, like, interestingly... um. I asked the barber where he learned how to make someone squirt. Because obviously, like I said before, he's the only guy that's made me do it. And he said, and I said, was it porn? And he goes, yeah, it was. Because I was like, is there some handbook that guys have got? And they learn things from porn. And actually, squirting is not the same as an orgasm. (laughs) So squirting came on like as a trend on porn men have copied it and done it to women and thought oh it's like ejaculation which it is don't get me wrong and yeah it feels okay but like it's not like a proper like it doesn't it doesn't feel like the most amazing orgasm ever much prefer not to do it to be honest well look what but, you were talking about this week on the love bites instagram well, about. we'll come up we can come on to that so mm-hmm. it leads me nicely onto that actually You're but the, the point is time. like i think that people men use porn as some kind of tutorial and the porn mm-hmm. industry should know that so why are they putting out these really fetishized ways of making it they basically what i said on the instagram was like let's stop fetishizing being uncomfortable and and feeling sick and bodily harm basically as a fetish when it is some people's fetish don't get me wrong but let's have that behind closed doors and in a private way and let's be open and honest with each other about our fetishes and say and say is this something that you want to do and if the other person says no don't fucking force their head down maybe this girl does do you know what i'm gonna do to mark our end of our first season gonna choke on a dick yes definitely (laughs) uh in addition to that i'm going to write some soft porn Oh my god, yes. And then I'll perform I'm it. I'm going to write some soft porn, Fifty Shades of Grey style, right? But it's going to be vanilla soft porn. But I promise you, that, that doesn't mean that it's going to be shit. It's actually going to be really fucking good. But there's going to be no sexual violence implied. Like Mills and Boom I love that style. though. And I think also that's why erotic fiction is so popular and why 50 shades of gray was so popular because even though yes there was a lot of like kinky it wasn't that kinky but it was like mildly kinky 
a lot of it was him pleasuring her and him mm-hmm. introducing her into this world in quite a slow and steady way, which mm-hmm. I think is the right way, not to get righteous, is the right way to introduce someone to your fetishes. Slow and steady. Leave this with me, Fiona. Okay, if any of you lovely listeners have um, any suggestions about the scene being set, I don't really feel like plumber servicing her pipes is really the way I'm going to go. I think this is going to be a lot more tasteful. Just drop me a line if you've got any suggestions, any character motives, inspirations that you would like to see included in my soft porn I'm gonna send rendition. Some, I'm going to send you some ideas. It's going to be really good. I'm going to really put my back into this, so to speak. So to talk about orgasms, I wanted to talk about multiple orgasms. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of time, but we're going to run over. That's okay. Um, I had a question last week, um, which was from a listener that said, Hi girls, I want to give thoughts on multiple orgasms. I find it hard enough to have one. How can you have more? So I then, it then, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole thinking about penetrative orgasms and other kinds of orgasms because I actually don't think that a lot of women I didn't think that a lot of women could orgasm through penetration and if they are it's probably because they're clitoris clitoris sounds like a a dinosaur (laughs) clitosaurus rex (laughs) clitosaurus minge that's what I'm dressing up on as, as, as Halloween. I'm just going to go in like a big bean. Hello. Touch me. I'm the Clitosaurus Rex. Clitosaurus Rex. Clitosaurus Rex. It's, um, oh so I put out a poll on Instagram because I wanted to know if this was true or not. So I asked, do you orgasm easily through penetrative sex? said no. 18 said yes. What? Thank you to everybody that voted for that. That is, I, that poll, I was really on tender hooks wanting to hear Mm. the outcome because I'm part of the 82%, Fiona. I have never, ever been able to orgasm from penetrative, penetrative, whatever that word is, sex, like getting banged. Mm. It's always clitoral. You always have to either reach down there yourself or the motion of the ocean, the grinding of the gears, whatever you know you need to do, whether it's a sex toy or whatever. That is always what really helps you reach the climax. Banging in and out, penetration-wise, yes, it's good crack and it's enjoyable, but it does. it's never really going to no. help you get to where you want it's to be. A- and I'm really... Thank you for the everybody that took the time to vote in that poll and also did the 82% that kind of admitted that it was quite difficult, if not near impossible, to orgasm through penetration. So the other question I asked was, have you orgasmed at least once through penetrative sex? 64% said yes. 36% said no. So that is, if you've had it at least once, So that's basically, again, showcasing that it's very rare because if 82% said that they find it really difficult, but they probably have maybe once, that is still really, really low, considering that men ejaculate, have an orgasm every single time. 
mm-hmm. for the most part. For the yeah. most part. Then my next one was, are you sure it wasn't a clitoral orgasm? So, okay, when I said clitoral, I think what I meant, which was maybe I shouldn't have phrased it, but I'd already put the poll up. An internal orgasm is also a clitoral orgasm because the clitoris et rex is basically the size of a fist. It's huge. It goes underneath and it can give you one. You can also have a cervical orgasm as well, something that Lisa told me. I didn't know that. So when I said, but I think people got what I said, are you sure it wasn't a clitoral orgasm? And what I meant by that was, that, are you sure it wasn't when your clitoris was rubbing and you got the mm-hmm. orgasm that way? 59% no, they weren't sure what it was that they had. 41 said yes. So interestingly, if you're having orgasms during sex, a lot of people don't know whether it is their clitoris or it's inside. We don't know. Because I just don't what think about we're you, taught. Are, are you able to have penetrative um, orgasms? Yes. He is solely on penetration. I yes, mean. but I move the guy in a certain position. I've found the only time that I can really, really orgasm is either when I'm on top, but not really, but it's when I'm lying down and they're lying on top of me, but I basically move their... I'm quite small, so... Uh, it's probably quite easy for me because I'm I'm quite a short person. So I'm trying to <laughs> show Laura. So if I'm if I'm lying down like this on my back, I'm moving their body way up so their chest is like near my head. So okay. they are angled up. So that's how there's a position called the coital. What is it? Coital alignment position. Mm-hmm. It's called the cat. And that's pretty much it. It's basically when their body is up so that you're, they're basically grinding up in an upwards motion, which can obviously give you the orgasm internally. And that, That's, um, I'll never give that gosh. I, so, I, at this stage, am kind of too long in the tooth to waste time with things like, I just reach down there and yeah have a go the other the other morning I got my vibrator out because I was like I know I was like I'm too tired I know that you're not gonna make me do it so I got my vibrator had a great time and as well I think you made a point on the Instagram stories which um I think is very important it's to like normalize the fact that it's very difficult for a woman to orgasm without um the clitoral stimulation stop telling men that they have to bang away in order for her to come no normalize the fact that at times you have to use your fingers or a toy or your tongue or whatever her you know additions like it's completely fine and absolutely okay if your girlfriend isn't orgasming orgasming as you'd like when you shove your dick in her like there's multiple um, facets of sex and penetration is one small part admittedly for the man it's an awful lot larger part of the pie so to speak but for a woman it's one it's one pillar and there's several other pillars yeah. there that make a, a an overarching and wonderfully impactful sexual experience so yeah get your fingers out get, get your fingers out get the vibrator out. i'm here for the vibrator honestly it was get honestly your awesome and you're right fiona actually direct your your partner's body in such a way that he is your big mm. vibrator like yeah. direct his body um, in such a manner that he is giving you the clitoral stimulation that you need. Like, as Fiona said, with that position, or just rocking his hips. Or are you just jumping on top? And if you find that you're able to better manage the flow, then do that as well. But, like, if you can't orgasm in that respect, it's okay. I've had a couple of friends. I've never had a child. But a couple of 
friends that have really struggled after, you know, after having children to reach orgasm. And I can imagine that it is one of the most horrendously frustrating things because we all love having orgasms. It releases something in us. It connects us with our partners. It makes us feel sexual and, you know, like women, I suppose, to a certain mm. extent. Sense of relief and as well. A re- yes, a, it's a release, a relief uh, completely. And it's a beautiful juncture with your partner. But my friend has been unable to orgasm and it has completely just impacted her relationship so negatively as you can imagine and she's now at a stage where she just kind of fakes it because it's just easier for her to put her partner out of his misery so to speak just because he's doing everything right he's doing everything correct she just is unable to reach that climax and she's kind of trying to spare his feelings and the thing is she can't even reach the orgasm on her own So it's not like she's sitting there with a vibrator and a bit of porn or whatever it is that floats her boat. She's completely unable to reach orgasm. And to me, I think we should probably do a little bit of research into that, Fiona, because I Mm. think an awful lot more people are unable to orgasm than we think. And if this is something that you're experiencing or going through, let us know. And additionally, if you've any, you know, if there's anything that you can recommend that would help somebody in that position perhaps you've been there before and something has helped you or aided you we'd love to hear from you because I think that that's going to be an awful lot more common than we think and again it's one of those slightly taboo sexual subjects that you don't just shoot the breeze with your friend and tell them that you're not able to to reach orgasm it's a it's a very very private matter and but when you're interestingly interestingly my friend messaged me when I put that up saying that she couldn't orgasm through penetration until after she gave birth okay which is interesting so I guess I mean obviously it's different for everyone else and I said tell me more and she was like I don't know whether it's maybe stuff that's moved around now she wasn't sure and she said that uh, for some reason also when she sneezes um what did she say for some reason, I also sneeze every time I come for like six weeks after I gave birth. Wow, what? So I don't know whether that something has moved around and it's okay. triggering her sinuses. But it's really interesting. And I think that birth, giving birth has so much effect, obviously, on the body. It's a huge stress on the body. And let's, let's be honest, so too does where your head's at. Because yeah, I've been very honest about my like dip in sex drive and things like that and my ability to orgasm has definitely been impacted yeah because it's that. Uh, whether or not i've got 20 million vibrators on my clitoris and whatever i still it, 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 you, the ability to orgasm is definitely impacted on your feeling of sexual prowess and sexuality overall and how you're feeling in your body so let's also be honest about that yeah, also 100%. Impacted. I think just to answer the question about multiple orgasms, it was actually another thing that I asked as well. I said, have you ever had a multiple orgasm? 56% said yes, 44% said no. So almost 50-50. And I think that the question that we got asked was about multiple orgasms. And I thought, I think it's really interesting that I, you must watch it on Netflix. It's called A Female Orgasm. It's that one of the Explained documentaries. And they said okay. that they did a study on uh, the men the men's brain compared to the woman's brain when the woman when the man's has ejaculated their brain function goes back to normal 
when the when a woman orgasms, her brain function stays the same after. So she's ready to have another one. The stimulation okay. in her brain is still the basically the electricity or whatever it is that goes on in our brain is still continuing. So we can have multiple. It's just a case of practice. I I could go multiple, but I would need to at least leave a few good minutes in between. Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to just like reach it again. I think you have um, to when I've when I've done it, it's I haven't actually done it with a partner and it's because I haven't had one in a really long time that I've been comfortable with. Maybe I'll try, but like when I've done it on my own, I've done it because I've been like, oh, I want to see. I've done it. I've then taken a breath, settled, and then gone again. And it's it, it takes longer, but interestingly, the second one is way more intense. And I think it's right, because okay. it takes longer. So I would really recommend to all our listeners, if you're having a bit of a self-care night, try it because you'll be really surprised because it, every woman can multiple orgasm. You just need to practice. That's good to know. So that's what I recommend as homework for tonight. Do you know what? I feel like I really need to have an orgasm. I've got my period today, day I've, one. Oh, I also got my I period. I really throbbing fucking undercarriage. Oh, you know that throb? Yeah, I know, period. I know. And it's just like, and the achy bum. so much. Yes, and I I've several times been sitting here and there's been like a shooting pain oh, that just gone up my vagina and door like ass. It's oh so yeah, sore. they're the worst. What is that? Yeah, why are why? you my fucking ass for? Like what <laughs> what is that about? Like serious pressure in the vaginal region. And I sort of feel like I just need to go up and have a dry ride with my boyfriend. Obviously I couldn't take off any clothes because I would basically well, bleed all over. Orgasms um, will help period pains. I might just go there, pin him down, dry ride his leg, and then just leave. I'll probably stay in his jeans, but whatever. <laughs> Sorry anyway, about that. We are that out of time. Gosh. All okay, right, my love. Well. Once again, don't know what we're going to label this. Oh no, we can label something super orgasms. Anyway, yeah. we love you. Yeah, I love you. See you later. See you later.